kids behind the bus time. From the NHRL studios in Norwalk, Connecticut, this is Behind the Bots, the podcast that brings you the stories of the builders behind the bots. I'm Chris. I'm Luke. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kyle. And today on the podcast, we have no guests at all. It's just us. (laughs) We'll still wrap up the show with this week's installment of Robots Around the World. If you like our show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, CastBox, Player FM, and Podbean. You can follow us on Facebook at Behind the Bots and tell a friend. We really appreciate your support. Time for this week's Combat Robotics News. I have two news items for you today. First up, catch live robot combat this weekend in Texas, Wisconsin, and Maryland. In Texas, they'll be fighting fairy weights, ant weights, beetle weights, and Lego combat robots at Hamfest in Rosenberg on Saturday. Sadly, Hamfest is not a bacon and pork themed festival as I originally hoped, but a ham radio convention being Boo. held. It's a ham radio convention being held in a suburb just outside of Houston. My disappointment is immeasurable and my grief incalculable. In Wisconsin, Merca is back in Oconomowoc with its first qualifier of the 2023 Merca season, with a total of 62 antweights registered on the roster. This is going to be a huge event, so come out and support Merca if you're in the Midwest this weekend. And in Maryland, Macro is holding Macro Presents You Didn't Make It to Moto 2023, where they'll be fighting fairyweights, antweights, and beetleweights at the unallocated space makerspace in Severn. And finally, the new BattleBots live show in Las Vegas got two special guest robots this past weekend, Hydra and Jetlag. No, not Lars Elliott and his dominant beetleweight Jetlag, rather the confusingly named heavyweight Jetlag from former Tombstone pit crew member Rick Russ. Rick built a jet turbine-powered horizontal spinner and apparently didn't check to see if the bot's name was already in use. Meanwhile, Hydra Captain Jake Ewert travels out to Las Vegas this weekend to flip his opponents at the live show, with one video showing him flipping overkill out of the arena. That said, the early online reviews for BattleBots Destructathon have been mixed, with some fans saying they had an absolute blast, while others saying the show is still very much finding its footing. I'm planning to go out to see Destructathon myself in April, and hope to have a more complete review of the show shortly afterward. I want to pause here. Um, have you guys read these online reviews? I feel like they're popping up left and right. Um, am I the only one who's who's read these very carefully? I've been I've been trying to figure out like or at least associating each of the different let's call it schools of thought about uh, you know people's reflections on the live experience and 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 assigning a persona to these different clusters. There's like there's like the like the hardcore BattleBots fans who could tell you. Uh, you know, exactly what happened in virtually every match of the modern era and even tell you uh, some of the the major storylines of uh, combat robotics past. Then you have the people that are like, yeah, I watch, uh, that's the robot fighting show on Discovery. And then there's the people that like are just completely unaware that this is a thing. It seems that the further that you get from the hardcore fan the better the experience is. Um, if you're if you're not familiar with combat robotics at all, you're in Vegas. You have a couple of kids. Uh, it seems like some of those reviews that I've read are actually coming back kind of positive. But those are the same people that would go to you know like a medieval times and be like they had actual horses there, 
and I, there was no forks, you know, <laughs> and, and then, you know, you have the people that, um, they, 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 like, they are really dedicated to the sport, the teams, uh, and that, that ever, uh, increasing of the pushing of the envelope to make bots better and better and better. And then they get there and the bots are, um, uh, they're, they're heavier, they're slower, uh, you know, there's no Farouk, there's no, like, you know, that essence of the show isn't really the same as, as the, uh, as the live experience. And, you, you know, you'll, you'll hear a lot more, uh, collective groans from, from that audience, but it's a, it's a sliding scale, I think. Some of the expectations though, seem to be like out of line with what was promised. Like, for the people who are like, there wasn't a Farouk, there were no judges. Like, yeah, yeah, literally, there did it say that that was going to be. And so I think, you know, maybe for some people, there's been maybe the marketing, maybe just their own research into the show. It's not clear that like Destructathon is a separate entity from like season filming, and it's not going to have. I don't want to say the same level of production because hopefully it is the same, just different. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's for, for a lot of the reviews that I saw where people were angry, it was mostly because they didn't look to see ahead of time what was actually being offered at this event. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, like if you think about Destructathon and it's makeup in maybe a year from now, you can imagine this very cool show where there are dozens of robots that are showing up here's a brand new robot. You've never seen it before. And they're fighting to get a spot on the show. They're really trying to make a good impression. They're going to be here for the next two weeks. Um, You know, like there's real stakes that are attached to it. Um, And I just think that right now the show is still so early that bringing out a robot and having it run into a um, ancient slot machine just is not doing it for the several hundred people who are buying tickets to the show every single night. Um, which is a shame because, I mean, like, they need to very quickly grow into that much more kind of interesting, chaotic, destructive show that has real emotional stakes attached to it. And right now, I think that it's missing all of those other little pieces that make going to a live broadcast taping of BattleBots so interesting. You know, you've got the huge music, you've got these builders walking out, you've got you know, um, the entire production, like it's just, there's so many things to look at and I can't imagine just sitting there in kind of a quiet stadium and watching versions of robots and not even the real builders there. Um, I mean, I understand that, you know, you need to launch, you need to get better. Like that is a very, very like valid, important way of launching things. Um, but I think there's just some growing pains that need to uh, happen to get to that like better, more pure state, I think for, for the live show. It sounds like, you know, from, from these reviews. Um, okay. Kyle, did you have any thoughts on that or should we just move right along? We can move right along. I think it's all pretty much been said. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's in a state. I mean, it's starting out and that's okay. They basically just had their real opening. It's okay to be, uh, to have some mixed reviews and still figuring stuff out at this point. I just hope that it has the runway, you know, to find its footing. Like this is, I hope that this was not like, oh, this is a six month show. We're going to see how it goes at the end of six months. I mean, like this needs to be 
a multi-year commitment, you know, both by BattleBots and by the fans to continue to support this and make it really awesome. Um, so there's a big problem in the middle of that called F1. Yeah. I mean, there's a little break that, you know, you got to take. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I, I can, I could see Trey's vision for this where it's like in the future, hundreds of people show up to BattleBots every single night and sometimes they're filming and sometimes they're not, but like the experience feels very similar Yep. either way, which is a really cool concept. It just, they just need to develop the bench of robots that are willing to do that. They need to build the incentives for builders to fly out to Vegas to fight for two weeks, um, whether or not they're going to get on the show. And that just is going to take probably about a hundred more heavyweights built in America. And that just hasn't happened yet. And um, yep. I hope that they can get there. Okay. Well, uh, that's it for this week's news. Um, all right. Well, let's take a look back at episode eight of BattleBots, which aired this past Thursday. We saw Hydra at the top of its flipping game, a close haircut by huge beta shove around shatter quantum, get food stuck in its teeth. Terror tops when it's first match ever very well done. Terror tops and blip flip, flip and flip again your thoughts on episode eight kyle do you want to start us off oh this episode was i I feel like i'm saying this every single week it was such a good episode um probably the greatest hammerbot fight ever recorded live like that was so good um beta really showing its dominance all around just a really good time i felt so bad for uh, the seems reasonable robotics team. None of those interviews looked fun. Nobody looked like they were having a good time. Everybody was like, why are you doing this to us? Why is this happening? I hate it. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, that was my thought process across the entire thing. It was a really good, uh, really good episode, really good fights all around. Really good time. A lot of upsets this week, Kyle. I know we're, we're going to get into the data, but a lot of people thought that those matches were going to go the other way. So I like and whenever I see an upset, I always think to myself, like, is it a close upset or is it like a really true upset? You know, like I feel like Beta Shatter yeah. could have gone either way, you know, um, mm-hmm. like even Hydra and Free Shipping could have gone the other way, you know, easily Tantrum and Blip could have gone the other way. So it was like, for sure. Yeah, am, am I feeling Blip 49 percent and Tantrum 51 percent? You know, um, there weren't so many of those kind of like super shocking um, upsets just a lot of very small upsets, you know, people yep. overestimated glitch, perhaps um, underestimated blip a little bit. Um, kind of, kind of interesting that we saw um, such, uh, such dismal <laughs> predictions this week from the crowd. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I love this episode. I, I thought it was absolutely great. I mean, just flipper bot nation, man. Like I love that. Yep. Really great performance from the flippers on Thursday. Um, Chris, Lindsay, thoughts on the episode? Um, we've never seen a huge this impressive. Mm. Ever, ever. Yes. This is the best. Yeah, huge was terrifying. This is the best huge we've ever seen. It it looked like a TIE fighter in there. Like, it looked like just a monster in the box. Uh, like, it looked like it was completely in control in that match. and. I am so surprised that so many people predicted it for fusion. Um, you know, this week huge is just, just looking great. Um, in, in these, these early, early fights of the season. Can't, can't wait to see this, this robot continue. Um, 
Yeah, that that was awesome. I also was really impressed by Terror Tops. Um, and I honestly would have loved to see what the bot could have done if it had made it into the, you know, full 50 and had a full season. Um, I thought it looked really good and it's an interesting bot. It's not something, you know, that we've seen a million times before. So I, I, for one, am really hoping that they come back again next year. I imagine, you know, that they'd make it into the top 50, like get a regular season out of it. And, um, yeah, I, I I was really impressed. And man, I love their theming. <laughs> like they really, yeah. they're a team that this was the first bot that they've ever built, but they really thought about like all of the elements about what makes a memorable team. And that's pretty impressive. Kyle, you've been our resident Terror Tops fan, you know, like, uh, did you feel vindication this week? A thousand percent. Yeah. I mean, they, they, I, that interview with them was so good and like their proof of case, like what they were, they were trying to do made so sense. Keep it simple, stupid, have a fun theme that everyone can relate to. Kids love dinosaurs. Everybody loves dinosaurs. Don't go with weird brushless setups. Just keep it simple. Keep standard motors that have worked forever. Um, I mean, they're running the same stuff in this that was in like version two of Bite Force, right? It's mm. it's just like these motors work, these speed controllers work, these batteries work. We know they work. We're brand new with this. We're kids. Let's make sure that we just keep it simple. We'll try the weird stuff next year after a year in the pits. Um, and that's so good. You always hear about these teams that are like, we're going to try 15 really confusing, complicated ideas and see what works. And then it doesn't. Yeah. Um, it doesn't work. exactly then the bot doesn't drive um so that was just it was a good way to keep themselves on budget and and have an effective bot right off the bat is it going to be the most competitive bot off the off the go no of course not that's not what they were going for they want something that's going to work from day one and be able to win fights from day one and obviously they achieved that you know so like good for them cool team all the way around i give them all the props now, Kyle, I have to press you, though, on the main event. You called it for Tantrum. Obviously, it went to blip. Mm-hmm. Um, did you see something in that fight that, you know, changed your mind about blip at all? Um, do you think the Tantrum would have won that if they kept their puncher going the entire time? You know, was this a very close match? Was it a squash match? I mean, like, uh, I'd love to get your thoughts on on that. I I thought that was a pretty close match, all things considered. Um, you know, Tantrum lost weapon. That's hard to win. I feel like if they ran this fight, you know, ten times, it would be like a six to four, five to five ratio as far as those bots fighting each other. Hmm. Um, all things considered, it was a great fight. Uh, I all the way around, you know, especially after the first, um, after the first minute, I really was, you know, it it I, it could have gone either way. I'm surprised. Um, I am surprised that the weapon went down. That that bot just seems so bulletproof. But it is what it is. The the match went the way it went. Now, Kyle, vindication. Uh, this past week, we had 67 people send us in predictions. Mm-hmm. And nobody, not a single person, managed to call all seven fights correctly. Second so you- time this year. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we did, however, have three people who managed to call six out of the seven fights correctly. And those people were... Azor Buenaventura, Michael Clements, and Merrill Hyatt. This was a night of upsets with the majority of people predicting that Fusion would defeat Huge, Glitch would defeat Lockjaw, Shatter would defeat Vita, and Tantrum would defeat Blip. None of those things happened, making it a very challenging prediction card indeed. Kyle, I do want to note, you did better than the average uh, fan. You called five out of the seven fights correctly, which is not bad this week. 
Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, like, uh, very few people even called five five correctly. So so hang hang your head high, I suppose. Uh, hold 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 your head high. Um, okay, are you ready for this week's uh, predictions, Kyle? Episode nine. Uh, are are you ready? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Uh, let's start with our first fight of the night: Gruff versus Witch Doctor. Your prediction here, Kyle. Uh, this is an easy one. I mean, this is going to go to Witch Doctor. They are of the Florida Bot Mafia. They are superior Florida Bot Mafia member. Okay. Uh, we've got a battle of big old horizontals, Malice versus Valkyrie. Um, normally, normally I would give this to Valkyrie, uh, but they're having a terrible year this year. Um, just a lot of like bot jitters i think it's a lot of like new captain jitters i think they've made a lot of changes on the bot uh so i'm gonna go ahead and give this to the dialed in doing the same old thing know exactly what they're doing malice uh hopefully they don't catch on fire and totally ruin my predictions (laughs) all right we've got a little match between friends mad catter versus the big dill oh yes you gotta love this uh this is gonna go to the mad catter um, but it's going to be a really good matchup. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. So we've got two bots with very strong themes up next. Ribot versus Jackpot. Oh, man. Um, Ribot's got to win this one. I mean, they have to. Like, there's no way around it. If they don't win it, they're in big trouble. They're not getting into the round of 32. So I'm going to go all in for Ribot. The boys are desperate. They're going to bust out all the stops. Okay. Uh, next up, we've got the Spider-Man meme come to life. Scorpios versus Sawblaze. Why is this fight happening? It's the <laughs> dumbest idea ever. Nobody actually wants this. I I actually like. I know that I said that I loved the Hammer versus Hammer fight that we just had, um, but like those two bots can actually reach each other and do what they were designed to do against each other, and it was very interesting to see how the like. Um, the the omni drive setup on shatter actually worked against a you know very powerful drive on PETA. like that was cool this is dumb i it's gonna go to scorpios uh but uh everyone loses everyone loses now kyle i mean i don't recall this fight i was probably out at the leather store you know during this fight but i do know that scorpios and sables are very um flexible with their defense um so we might see a really cool configuration maybe two configurations come out maybe they ditch the plow and they go with really long forks i mean it could be something interesting um oh you're right you're right zach and diana are gonna overthink this never mind i'm changing my (laughs) mind it's actually sawblaze it's actually gonna be sawblaze you're totally right i mean i mean also you know JMO's got a bunch of configurations too, Kyle. You know. Um, yeah. No. No. But your your definite your explanation there actually made me th- like. Uh, you're right. Zach and Diana are going to overthink it. It's going to go to soft place. <laughs> okay. Good. I <laughs> I take special joy when I love you, Zach and Diana. <laughs> I, I take special joy whenever I can talk you out of position, Kyle, because I know that these are <laughs> these are firmly held positions. I like this. Okay. Um, <laughs> on to our next fight of the night. We've got Ripperoni versus Hijinks. Yes, I'm so excited about this. Um, uh, I feel like I'm cheating a little bit on this one just because we did that interview with Jen and she seemed really bummed about this season. So I'm going to go ahead and call this one for Ripperoni. 
I uh, hope it is their their win for this season. Wow, making a meta prediction. I like it. Uh, listen, listen. If you listen to the interview, you'll hear what I'm talking about. This is publicly available information, but she seemed pretty bummed. So I'm going to go ahead and say this is going to go to Ripperoni. All right, and finally, our main event: two titans of impeccable engineering. Endgame versus Hypershock. Yeah, wow. This is such a great matchup. Um, I have to give it to Endgame. They need to win it. They have to win it. Uh, they just got beat by a rookie. Um, they they got to beat this. They got to win this. So uh, desperation factor involved. It's going to go to Endgame. But man, this is going to be a fun fight. I can't wait. All right. Very well done, Kyle. Now, if you think you're smarter than a Kyle, go to our Facebook page to send us your predictions later today. After the break, we'll return with this week's installment of Robots Around the World. Welcome back from the break. Time for Robots Around the World. This week, we're heading to Finland, where researchers are developing a tiny flying robot that they think could one day be used to pollinate flowers, trees, and other crops. The robot weighs about half as much as a small mosquito and largely moves through the air by catching gusts of wind. They're able to take off and land by changing their structure and can respond to commands that are relayed via lasers. The researchers hope that eventually they can launch millions of such robots and send them out to do the work of honeybees. We want to thank our friend Curtis Honeycutt from Bloodsport for sending us this week's robots around the world. I can't think of a single, single nefarious use for these millions of tiny flying robots. Not a single one. I mean, they're the size of mosquitoes. I suppose they could be deployed to, you know, make sure that uh, we're still being bitten in the summertime, you know, after we have mass mosquito collapse or something due to climate change. Guys, I mean, pollinating plants, like there's all kinds of things that this would be good for. Yeah. Uh, Landing in our drinks. (laughs) What would they be doing in our drinks? They float on the wind. The wind stops, they fall into your drink. Okay. It would be really weird to look up and see millions of tiny robots (laughs) floating in the air. Don't you think? (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, picture this. Millions of these tiny robots all have little lights stuck to them. Oh my god, you're <laughs> right, you're back. <laughs> and you crack They're floating them. over the cat skills. <laughs> or you just picture this. Sure. You're driving home, you see the cat skills or your local mountain range, and you're like, wow, it's dark. I can't see the mountains anymore. Enter a millions of tiny well-lit robots that just kind of you know cascade on the the landscape of the mountains highlight it now it's dark but you can still see like the beauty of the mountains Lindsay, i i've talked about this before and it's a winner Lindsay, i hope to god that someday you win mega millions so you can just launch this multi-billion dollar light uh lights in the catskills project 
that will probably throw off like you know the nocturnal cycle of all of the animals that live there you know and i could i could picture i could picture right now that like 2057 episode of business insider <laughs> where it's just like we meet Lindsay bear yeah. who spent 400 million dollars on a on light up mosquito robots <laughs> to light up the Catskill mountains Today we go to the bus that she lives in. <laughs> By choice. For five days, it was the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. <laughs> Listen, I don't know if it's going to be this year. I don't know if it's going to be next year. But mark my words, one day people are going to use drones to highlight landscapes. And then you I don't know where you'll be. But you'll read that and you'll think, wow, Lindsay from Behind the Bots, she really was she on. She called it. She, she called nailed it. it. But because she didn't have the capital to invest in this idea herself, someone else, maybe even someone listening to this podcast, is going to take the idea and run with it. And you know what? You're welcome to it because it's a winner. Just remember me when you hit it big. Wealthy millionaires who are listening, please do not create this product. Okay, we're, we're going to be creating like uh, just millions of bats that uh, cannot find their way home because they think it's perpetually daylight, Lindsay. All right. I'm not saying I'm not saying 24 seven, but, you know, like you go to an art installation, you see it for an hour and then it goes on its way. Like you set up the drones for one glorious hour. It highlights the beautiful, you know, mountains, the mountainscape. It's glorious. And then you go on your way and the drones. And then the next hour <laughs> it drops, I don't know, somewhere around 300 million really tiny lipo batteries into the local flora and fauna. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds appropriate. But these are, if you attach, you know, lights to these little mosquito bots. What could that hurt? Nothing. This is this is my favorite running joke here on this podcast. It's great. And I don't know if you're serious or not, Lindsay. Like, that's I'm my serious, favorite part. Luke. You're serious. I'm serious. Imagine it. It's beautiful. <laughs> okay. But they could just drive by the mountains during the day and see the mountains. But what if he can't? What <laughs> now, what's the here? what's the impetus here? Are you saying, because like when you what drive- you're a vampire, Luke? What if you're a vampire and you can't go out during the day to see the mountains, Luke? <laughs> you can so look at I, it on your little computer, Chris. All right. I used to live, I used to live where you guys live. And so like, you know, those, there's beautiful bridges, right? Like yeah. all over that area and the bridges light up at night. And so you could see the way that they look during the day and at night. And it's very different, but, but it's, it's, uh, it's two different experiences. So are you just trying to replicate that same thing, but for the mountains? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Imagine a lit up bridge at night. You know, it, it looks different. It looks a little more imposing. It looks a little, you know, there's a little like special element to it because it's lit up at night. Imagine your favorite mountains lit up at night. Hey, listen, if if it's anyone other than Lindsay who who latches onto this idea, we're gonna have Coca Cola like logos on the Catskill Mountains at night. All right? It's true. I mean, that would be my concern here. Oh, it's like when you go to the. Uh, the American side of the whatchamacallit Niagara Falls and it's just like flashing like hotels and a whole bunch of you know in my opinion kind of gaudy stuff and it takes away from the beauty of the falls this wouldn't be that 
<laughs> Somebody give Lindsay the winning lottery numbers. She's the only I mean, responsible multi-millionaire in America. That's what you say until your favorite mountain becomes preparation H mountain. <laughs> yep. Yeah, if you turn the mountains into advertising opportunities, somebody's going to take advantage of that. It's true. Oh, you're taking my pure idea and you're just botching it. But you're right. That's what would happen. But not if it was under my watch because I don't care about money. Do you remember when mountains were beautiful? Pepperidge Farm remembers. Now take a look <laughs> at this Pepperidge Farm mountain. <laughs> Chris, I, I'm in love with your your one lipo forest fire every night kind of like a concept. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you got to break a few hundred thousand eggs at a time <laughs> and that's about it for us today um i want oh wow thank you for adding that luke i want to wish myself a very happy birthday Woo! happy wow. birthday chris ah oh, luke snuck that into the script and i i'm like ron burgundy i just read whatever's on here <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, thank you, thank you all. Uh, it's 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 been a journey. This is a big the big four zero. So uh, this is uh, an exciting birthday. Luke uh, he recently celebrated his four zero, and I think Kyle, you did too, right? That's right. Now we are officially all forty, except for Lindsay, who is still under the age of eighteen. And I always will be. <laughs> and I'm going to prison. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, we want to thank Nicole for doing such a great job editing uh, this week's show and every show. And we'll be back in your feed next week with another mystery guest. We'll see you then, folks. Bye. Happy birthday. Thank you. Bye. Happy birthday, bud. Birthdays are special No, days. no, no. Once a year. Once a year. No, not on the podcast. <laughs> Every, Every day is a special day. Special no. day because it's somebody's <laughs> birthday. birthday. Oh, First day on Earth Day. So, so let's give them a cheer. Hooray for somebody's birthday today. They wake up each morning. We're glad they Happy, happy birthday! Happy birthday, happy birthday to me! Sorry, sorry, Nicole. Sorry. Oh God. I uh, love it. Just cut this, it. Nicole. Or don't. <laughs> you know she's gonna keep it. <laughs> <laughs>